Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. Welcome back to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Glory Ackerman. This week we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 17, End Run, and Season 5, Episode 18, Hanky Panky. End Run, that is our next one, and it starts out kind of different. Instead, Usually you start in OR or in the swamp or something. This time we're starting in the war zone, and you see bombs going off, and two men directly getting hit, and you're kind of following one of the men throughout the episode. Then in the mash, what's happening there is there's a big fight at Rosie's bar. So it's I think it's kind of comparing the real life war to war at the camp where y you even fight each other. Like mm -hmm. it's a war within a war. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the one man that follows throughout the whole episode that was hit at that opening scene where it was um, the war zone is uh, Billy Tucker Tyler. Tyler Billy Tyler and he was a pro football player and mm -hmm. known for his running ability and he got hit in the leg of course and one of his statements that I'm sure we'll talk about later was if you can't save the leg don't save me and so that's kind of the issue with this episode where where to draw the line you know we can't play God mm -hmm. um, then the fighting going on. Um, actually, Margaret compared Frank to Donald Penobscot again. Donald wouldn't have handled things this way because there was another fight then in the mess tent and Frank kind of ignored it. But then Frank said, okay, I'll handle it differently. And he got the two to fight. It was actually Zale and Klinger. And he said, we're meeting at 1600 hours tomorrow by the latrine and we're gonna fight it out. So that was another part of what was going on. Frank was showing off to Margaret, planned this whole big fight. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is kind of funny. But the big, the main thing was um, Billy Tyler, the football player getting hit and Tons of stuff happened in between, but those were the two big things for End Run. Something you want to start off with? Um, not particularly. I mean, pretty quickly once we get Billy Tyler and Mash, uh, Radar explains to Hawkeye, he, he goes up to Hawkeye and says, Hey, do you know who that is over there? It's famous. Yeah. And what does, uh, what does he say? Eleanor Roosevelt? Yeah. I think it's Hawkeye's <laughs> response. That's Billy Tyler. And Hawkeye said, <laughs> Amazing. What's a Billy Tyler? <laughs> well, he's the All-American running back from Iowa. He set rushing records. He was a sure shot for the pros. And Hawkeye's like, Are you a commercial for radio or something? <laughs> um, right, I know all about him. Well, he's from Iowa. So would, yeah, he, he would know. He would know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and yeah, when they're on the operating t table with Sergeant Billy Tyler, you know, Billy's trying to get him, get uh, Hawkeye and BJ to, to 
tell him how bad it is, and they're like, we're going to do our best, soldier, and that's what he says. He keeps asking, though, how's mm-hmm. my leg? How's my leg? They were on the on the ground right when he got hit. How's my leg? Mm-hmm. First, I mean, he's, can't, he's not even conscious. Am I in one piece? Am I in one piece? Then they get to Battalion 8, which was where they brought him next. His very first question, how's my leg? Um, so it was his only concern was mm-hmm. his leg. And so when he did get to the mash and they were finally going to operate, that's mm-hmm. when he said, if you can't save my leg, don't save me. Mm. Because that's who he thought he was. He was a running back. He was a running back. He's the fastest. Mm-hmm. That's all he saw himself as. Um, let's see here. The B-plot with Zale and Klinger after Klinger wouldn't fight for the 4077th, which, by the way, Zale wasn't either. <laughs> he was up on a windowsill directing all the other guys, kind of. Yeah, get him, get him. Get him, get yeah. him. <laughs> Dude. And he's a good fighter, so I don't understand. I thought Zale liked to fight. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but... Um, you see him fighting a lot. Mm. Whenever him and Klinger are together, they're oh, fighting. Well, but, yeah. But they're fighting in their way, like throwing mashed potato at each other. Yeah, it's that was... It's not really a fight. It's Klinger, yeah, in the mess tin, Klinger sits down next to Zale. And you can tell something's about to happen with Klinger's mashed potatoes, because he has, like, a, a quadruple helping. I mean, it's a mound of mashed potatoes. I thought the same thing. Yeah. As soon as I saw him sit down, I thought, something's happening with these potatoes, because they mm-hmm. were, like... His whole tray was potatoes. Yeah, it's just like when you watch a cartoon and you see that light patch. It's like, oh, something's going to happen with that. (laughs) Because that's obviously off the background. Um, But yeah, so Klinger smashes a handful of potatoes into Zale's face. And Zale proceeds to smash a pie into Klinger's face. And Now I'm thinking, how can you waste all that good food? (laughs) Well, it is. <laughs> I know it's mess it is mess ten food. So, yeah. Um, after that, we see the doctors talking to Billy in the in post op, and um, it was so hard because you knew what they were gonna. Well, I knew what they were saying. Yeah, you know, it's. I think this is the first time I really heard the phrase "phantom pain," but you know, to hear them talking to Billy about this and he's saying Billy's like no it's there my leg's there I feel it I'm in pain I ran a whole quarter with a sprained ankle and it hurt worse than this that's just in your head Billy it's gone it's phantom pain and he finally looked under the covers and just started he got mad you know he was going through the uh the phases yeah anger betrayal or yeah Yeah, he was feeling betrayed he was feeling angry and uh, after and that, they apologized. They said, you know, we did all we could. And he said, no, you didn't. Yeah. We even saw them in OR and they were trying to do different graphs and they just, there wasn't enough left, which is kind of amazing because um, in later seasons, you know, they have graph trays of important arteries and maybe this was just. Maybe it was too soon. The leg, you know, just you don't keep arteries from the leg for there. Because they had artery graphs for the heart that they had kept around. But, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they don't last or something. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But Radar's concern was quite touching. He came in and said, Billy's asked me for pills or something. Well, yeah. At first, I think it was interesting. At first, he came into the swamp and uh, asked for a drink. 
and BJ said, I thought your liver was still a virgin, which we know isn't true. But, um... He didn't like it very much. Yeah. <laughs> this makes you guys feel good? No. No. It makes us feel nothing. Then he said, I better bring one to Billy. Yeah. And, uh, they suggest, you know, well, if you care that much, then why don't you go and talk to him? And so he does, and the next day, that's when he approaches Hawkeye and says, Billy's looking for a way out. A way out permanently. He's asking for pills or something, and... Yeah, that just, uh... That's touching, because yeah. a lot of people in in wars lost limbs and mm -hmm. you know I, I think that's tough mm -hmm. to go home and not know how your family's going to react and yeah no I you know I'm sure that that was still really tough during the Korean War even um because we see another episode with the pianist oh goodness yeah the yeah. with Charles where the guy didn't lose his hand but he lost most of the Ability. dexterity out of his hand and so he was a concert pianist and he only has one good hand now yeah that i so, love that episode yeah but it's that same thing you know where that becomes who you are you know that's mm -hmm. your job that's who you are we all yeah. identify with our jobs mm -hmm. you know yeah i know laura always says you know just don't ruin my hands they're my money money makers mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I can break my ankle or whatever, but don't touch the hands. <laughs> yeah, and so when that's taken away from you, what do you do? You have to readjust your whole world. Right, and, and it's possible, but... It's a lot. It's still a lot. I yeah. mean, look how hard it was to get where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so... Um, so, yeah, you know, there's that going on, and then we see Zale and Klinger getting ready for their fight. And I love what happens. The In the fight, you know, they actually... I, I could see Frank making a boxing ring just for his ego. Because he's trying to show Major Hulan, Oh, I can do this too. It's a real fight. Yeah, but... But BJ and Hawkeye heard about it ahead of time. So they went to Klinger and Zalen said, So, you two want to fight? Mm, hmm. Not really. And he pointed out, this is more for the Major's ego than they're solving their problems. And they realized, oh yeah, this is. So they came up with another solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we didn't really find out what it was until they started the fight, but they basically just pulled Klinger in. And, uh, what, they, they pulled Frank in, and then once they got him right where they needed him, they popped him They one, both popped him one. One on each <laughs> ear. Probably popped his eardrums. Because he's wearing cotton balls in his ears, and they're all bandaged up afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they kept talking to him, and he, all he said was, what? What? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was that was funny um but yeah i like uh how radar helps billy make his transition into a new world view which we see after that oh he did a great job he brought in an old copy of life magazine which apparently had some commentary on last year's 
uh, contemporarily last year's Iowa-Minnesota game. And uh, Billy was explaining how, yeah, we couldn't do anything on the field. We couldn't run because if we tried to throw it, they were there. If they, we tried to go around them, they were there. Yeah. And the only thing that worked was the short pass. And so that's what we did in the last two minutes as we went to the short pass. And I can't remember exactly the interaction, but Radar kind of looks at him knowingly and like, yeah, go we to can. the short pass. Um, so then at the end of the episode when they're loading up Billy, uh, he says, thank you, Walter, for helping. I'm going to the short pass. Yeah. So and and I think Radar was just walking around beaming because first yeah. of all he's like, "Yep, he called me Walter and yeah. I call him Billy." Because yeah. <laughs> to him he was a superstar, so yeah. that would be you know someone you admire mm-hmm. calling you by your first name. How cool! Yeah. And um, you know, then to say I'm going for the short pass, he looked at mm-hmm. Hawkeye and said he's going to make it. Yeah, well, yeah. Radar does save lives, which is oh, yeah. kind of interesting as a. All of us, in whatever we do in life, we can make positive impacts or negative. It's your choice. You know, what you do in life affects other people. And you see that here, and it's really amazing to watch how Klinger does, or Klinger, how Radar does do that. Uh, The post-commercial scene that we see is the fallout from the boxing match when Frank hauls... Klinger and Zale in front of Colonel Potter to try and bring them up on charges for the fight that he set up. And, uh, I, yeah, like you said, he just, he can't hear anything. So they're saying what they need to say. Mm-hmm. Colonel, what are the, Klinger doesn't use the word, but what are the ramifications for an officer who breaks regulations? Several of them, Zale pipes in. And what does Potter say? He's busted and thrown in the stockade. Oh, okay. So then Klinger turns to Major Burns. Do you remember what he says? No. I I mean, I... Not (laughs) exactly. He says, Well, Major, shall we air our dirty lingerie together? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Permission to drop charges, Colonel. Right. Permission granted. Corn, um... Oh, Corn. Cornhouse was the original fighter that brought in. And why did they tell Frank that he... Because he was brought in for fighting and he yeah. was all cut up. And they yeah. and Hawkeye told Frank, and I was just wondering if it's because he didn't want him to know he was fighting. Yeah, probably. Because and fighting is, as we hear, fighting is technically against regulations. But so, then Frank found out he was fighting and was so proud of him. Yeah, well... You know, yeah, it's Frank. It's Frank. I really think that at this point, they are making Frank worse every episode. I like, think so. He was mean. Like, he's there was a guy brought in, and um, he said, this man's a foreigner, and I'm not operating on him. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're just, his character is getting so bad. I yeah. mean, he, before, he was a doctor, first and foremost, and mm-hmm. didn't look at, now he's looking at people's race and well and he's also getting slimier i mean in the mess tent you know he had absolutely no authority over zale and Klinger, absolutely none you know i think he would have had some before if begrudgingly so um but margaret broke up the fight the fight after the potatoes and pie and uh then 
she mentioned, you know, this uh-huh. that's not how Donald would have handled it because Frank's like, oh, well, and the only reason shake hands yeah. and make up, and um, you know, Frank responds to Margaret. I don't care how Donald would have handled it. How would he have handled it? Yeah. He has, he, like, no self-confidence. Exactly. Where before, with Margaret at his side, he had too much self-confidence, and it was the other way around. With Margaret there, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, he was overconfident. Mm-hmm. And that's how he became me. Yeah. But this is, like, a weaselly little yeah. thing. And it's hard to watch. It is. It is. So I could see where he said, my character can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I The one thing that I didn't mention that I really thought was interesting, before Radar comes into the swamp to uh, talk to Hawkeye and BJ and get his little drink, Hawkeye is talking to BJ, and um, he makes a comment, you know, I think I'm having an identity crisis. I'm a doctor, but I want to be God. Oh, yeah. Because, you know... If if it works, remember remember me. (laughs) Yeah, BJ replies. Because, you know, Hawkeye always wants... Yeah, he wants to do everything. He wants to save everyone and everything. And he just can't. You know, going back to... um, And it's hard to tell someone that you can't succeed at your job. You know, like... I couldn't save the leg. We tried. They Mm -hmm. tried everything. And I think they showed that, that. Yeah. If they could have, they would have. And we see that Hawkeye takes failure very personally. Right. You know, whether it be just a limb or a life, he takes it super personally. I mean, in uh, The General's Practitioner, which will be coming up, um, he's working on a patient and the patient's heart stops and he starts uh, doing CPR compressions and he says, don't let the bastard win. And uh, the this guy who was observing asked the colonel, what did he mean, don't let the bastard win? And, the, and Colonel Potter says he was talking about death. Well, people die. Eh, Hawkeye mm-hmm. doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't take well to He it. doesn't accept that. He doesn't accept it, right. Anything else from this episode? No, I think it was a bad episode for Frank again. Yeah. yeah. You know, he just keeps going deeper and deeper. Like you said, his confidence is shot. Yeah, which um, is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. Um, but it was funny when they both punched him. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. <laughs> you know, it was like in a Laurel and Hardy kind of thing, or, you know, the Three Stooges kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's it for this episode. Okay. Guest stars recurring cast. We see... Uh, Henry Brown as Sergeant Billy Tyler, Johnny Hamer as Sergeant Zelmozale, which if you listen to him, you can hear him quite clearly having the same voice as that one uh, sergeant when they visited the battalion aid station, and remember where it was the voiceover? Okay. Oh, and it's yeah. like the voice didn't quite seem to match up with that That's right, and it Corman, was Sergeant Zale's voice. And it was Sergeant Zale's voice, it was Johnny Hamer. Uh, James Lowe as PFC Felix Cornhouse, who you had mentioned. Tom Tarpey as the battalion surgeon who orders in a chopper. Peter D. Green as the medic who first tends to Billy. Greg Mabry as the wounded soldier who Billy is running out to help. 
And then uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara. She was in the background getting, um, like, sponges for the surgeons. Gwen Farrell was in there, and so was Jennifer Davis. The production code was U816. The episode was written by John D. Hess, and the director was Harry Morgan. Really? Colonel Potter. Oh, yay. Original air date was January 25th, 1977. On to Season 5, Episode 18, Hanky Panky. Um, Not my favorite episode. No. Like I said, the the middle third of this season, I love. I don't think there's a bum episode in the lot. And then we get to this disc, because we're on the third disc of three, and they're okay. They're not my, you know, like... Top. Top seasons And they worth. might be your top. You know, yeah. just because they're not ours doesn't mean yeah. they're not yours. And, and they're, I mean, they're they, I think good. You, different people get touched by different things. Yeah. And this may have been a part of your life, but mm. it, it just... It was good. Made me feel bad. It just... <laughs> all the episodes are good out of the season, I think. They're just right. not... Like, they're not these the ones the go-to ones that you say yeah. oh if I have to watch MASH I really no. want to watch the Christmas episode where mm-hmm. Hawkeye has the beard and the yeah. <laughs> yeah now this is one where it helps give depth to BJ's character and reinforce and cement his real family centeredness but it is kind of a sad episode in that Basically, the plot is Nurse Donovan, Nurse Carrie Donovan, is having some marriage issues, and BJ helps her out in a few ways. Margaret isn't getting word from Donald, and so she's kind of freaking out all episode, and finally she figure, uh, she finds out what happens to Donald. That's basically the episode. Uh, into more specifics, uh, Nurse Donovan is having some marriage issues, so we start off and pretty quickly after the open of the episode she gets a dear jane letter uh that in her words starts with dear carrie i don't know how to tell you this and then that's when bj says i bet he phoned out how to tell you yeah (laughs) he Uh, did yeah uh what we at the same time that donovan gets that letter margaret gets a letter from Margaret gets a letter from Donald about being in the Tokyo Army Hospital. But doesn't say why. Why would you write that? I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't say why. So then she gets radar up in the middle of the night. (laughs) And he attacked her. Yeah, yeah, well, (laughs) you know, she she was waking him up and he was not waking up very well. So then he grabbed her. He was dreaming about Betty. Yeah, he grabbed her, (laughs) pulled her down and kissed her. Betty, <laughs> it's great. Corporal, why did you do that? I don't but I know. I think she enjoyed it. I you was know, having a dream about. It's personal. <laughs> um, oh, but then they call Tokyo Army Hospital, and we find out that Donald's not taking calls, and so she leaves a message. Do you remember what the message was? Um, I love you. Yeah, Mark. It's Margaret Hula. It's Margaret Hulahan. Very concerned. Yeah, love you. Hugs and kisses. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Radar did the part. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought it was great where Colonel Powder comes in. What's going on in here? 
And it was her making the call. And then after that was done, he looks at Radar and goes, Radar, where'd you get lipstick? Sick. Which kind of confused me, because if this was in the middle of the night, would she still have lipstick on? Margaret could have. Could have. Could I, have. I, I have Okay, I kind of would have thought that she would have taken, yeah, taken it off, off before if it was bed. But, eh, you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah, she leaves and Potter looks at it. His look was like, hey, good job. Yeah. <laughs> like, good thumbs night. up. <laughs> good night, Romeo. It's great. Um, and about the Carrie Donovan way at yeah. the beginning, before um, she went with BJ and before her dear John... Um, Hawkeye was trying to hit on her. Yeah. And she had nothing to do with Hawkeye. She's like, I'm working with BJ. So she, I think, maybe had a little crush on BJ, don't you think? Or do you think it just maybe. happened? I think it just happened, honestly. Okay. It, she seemed pretty... She knew what was happening. She not, knew her husband was about to... To, yeah. Things weren't ditch. good at home. And... You know, at the very least, I think that she wasn't into Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, at the very least. At the very least, I don't think she was into Hawkeye. I don't know that she was into BJ, but BJ was there trying to be a good co-worker. And he was safe. Maybe she thought of him as safe. Because mm-hmm. he is a... He's known as being safe. And he certainly didn't... Um, Go with any intent. Yeah, he wasn't looking at Carrie as a love interest or anything. Right. Um... And I think that's part of why what happened happened. Because, you know, after she gets the letter, they're in post-op working. And BJ basically says, look, your mind isn't really here. Why don't you just knock off for the rest of the shift? Um, Don't worry about it. And do you want to talk later? She said yes. But not here in my tent. But I don't know how that'll look to other people. Yeah. And he said, it doesn't matter about other people. I'm, I want to help you. Yeah. And he sincerely, I believe, yeah. honestly didn't care about other people. Yeah. If you want to talk in your tent, we'll talk in your tent. Right. Because so, he didn't expect anything to happen. Mm-mm. They were sharing a drink. They were talking. And he was telling her, you know, one day after all this, you'll be dating. You'll find someone you'll fall madly in love. And all this. And then all of a sudden, you know, they hug, and they pull back, and they kiss, and it's not just a peck, and commercial. Right. Well, okay. So, that happened. You know that, because he went the next morning and walked into um, the swamp, and you realize that he was gone all night. He walks into the mess tent. Oh, the mess tent. The mess tent, because yeah. Radar is there. Oh, that's right. And Hawkeye is there, and uh, Hawkeye made the comment, I noticed that you didn't come home last night. If I didn't know any better. Right. And I he would think clearly you'd been did out not want to talk about it. You could see his guilt. Yeah. He was he was not having it. He was not. So it didn't say how far anything went, but you're just assuming, I yeah. assumed. Yeah. We never actually hear him or Donovan say anything, but... Right. It's heavily implied. Right, exactly. You know, um, after BJ brushes Donovan off a few more times, because he's being very cold to her, um, he's in the swamp, Hawkeye comes in, and is 
talking to him about this because he can see that his friend is suffering. Right. And um, finally he opens up and tells Hawkeye what happened. Mm -hmm. I've got an incredible case of the guilts. I am deeply and passionately in love with my wife. And my family. Yeah. And um, then Hawkeye looks down. What's that? And PJ said, I'm, it's a letter to Peg. Explaining everything. No, no, no. Don't he, be an idiot. He threw it right in the fire. And where do you? Like, okay. I agree he shouldn't have told her. But as a wife, I think I want to know everything. Yeah. But do we? Want to know everything? I, he clearly loves his wife. He clearly yeah. loves his family. Yeah. The guilt was killing him. It I was. don't think he'd be able to live with himself without telling. And maybe eventually I, he did. Maybe. But, you know, I, I understand perfectly what Hawkeye was saying. Punish yourself, but don't punish Peg. Right, exactly. Never tell her what you just told me. Because earlier in the episode, he had said, you know, who is number one on fidelity? Mm, and, and it's BJ. Right. It always is. And that's what we get out and of this And he clearly episode. loves his family more than anything. So yeah. what happened was him helping a friend. That where just, does it become okay and not okay? You know, well, there, there's such a line. Well, and, you know, it clearly wasn't okay. Yeah, it clearly wasn't. But um, he's still not going to tell his wife, and it's never going to happen again. Right. And that's part of what comes out of this, is he's still being called to Donovan. She goes to Potter, tries to get a transfer. He said, work it out. Mm -hmm. You're a good nurse. You volunteered for this assignment. I did like what you said, though, that she probably should have went to Margaret for a I, transfer. I, I think she should have gone through Margaret since Margaret's in charge of the nurses. But, but know, what happened, happened. Whatever. You know, yeah. Maybe Margaret was otherwise occupied worrying. Dealing her. with Donald and his... It's possible. Clearly dying. Yeah. <laughs> she was very overdramatic. Permission to go to Tokyo to... <laughs> to be with my dying husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Talk about melodrama. Um, but Potter says, no, work with it. I think that you basically, you know, he didn't say it, but you, you owe it to yourself to work it out and stick it out. Right. And he does this a couple times throughout yep. when people came and asked for transfers. And mm -hmm. in real life, I think we need to do that more. We mm -hmm. don't deal with our situations maybe sometimes. We, yeah. we like to just escape them. Yeah. And so... And transfer ourselves. Yeah. And so she's working in post-op with BJ. A patient starts getting shocky. Uh, she calls BJ over. They elevate the patient's feet to try and, you know, get him out of shock. And while another nurse is watching, uh, they step outside because... And I like how she handled it. She said, you're clearly being cold to me, and mm -hmm. you're blaming me. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm blaming myself. Mm -hmm. She's like, yes, you're blaming yourself, but you're also blaming me. You can't even look at me. Yeah. You can't even talk to me. Mm -hmm. and so I love how she handled it and dealt with, the, with what mm -hmm. he was doing. Yeah. And, um, you know... We really do get, I think, out of what BJ says, just how committed he is to Peg and to his family, but how this affected him, because um, Donovan asks, what are you afraid of? And BJ said, I'm afraid of you. Because I'm afraid you're of myself with you. Yeah, because you're so attractive. 
and so close. And here, you're here, pigs not. And what does she say in response? Just because I'm here doesn't mean that I'm here for you. Yeah, you can't just waltz into my tent anytime you want. Clearly what happened happened, but we're done. Mm -hmm. Thank you for helping me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being there for me. Mm -hmm. But now I'm... That does not give you permission. I am not your toy. Which, on another level, I really love that part of this episode. Because it's... A rather empowering moment for a female character. It's, you know, she's not just this plaything for a doctor. She is her own person. She went into this fully cognizant of what she was doing. She needed needed to be loved. Sometimes we all need that. We all need some, especially when you're getting a Dear Jane letter or Dear Mm -hmm. Don letter, you need to know that you're still lovable. Mm Mm-hmm. And And he gave her that. Yeah. But then... She didn't. She didn't love him. Yeah. You know. It was. It was just a need that he helped her fulfill, and it. It. it I don't know how to say this. It humanizes somebody to be able to say that they're looking for the same thing that you are. Right. That you, you know, have. That you're not setting a double standard. And that's very empowering to women. You know what? You don't have to become someone's slave because of a physical uh, something yeah. that happened. Mm-hmm. You are still your own person, and I mm-hmm. think so many women need to learn that. So to have that back already back then, mm-hmm. even if it was the seventies. Yeah. I mean, I know it was clearly mash. <laughs> and yeah, but it, it was nice to see that, and you know, this isn't the first time we see that sort of empowerment in a female character there's the one where uh i don't remember her nurse name but she was at mash she was wearing a wedding ring and hawkeye was just head over heels oh yeah and he was all about i'm gonna marry this woman and all this and she says i'm not looking for marriage i'm just looking for right now yeah and uh, he says, so this is what it feels like when... Because he's usually the physical love person. Love him leave him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what it's like to feel like tomorrow may never come. And she told him, well, it might not. I'm getting a transfer. Because she was just kind of rotating. So it's not the first time we see an empowered female right. character. But it's nice that we keep seeing it, in my right. opinion. I'm, I'm so proud of that. Yeah. Because we see a lot of demeaning women mm-hmm. in in our television, our sitcoms, our, you know... Movies, yeah. Movies. So it is good to see a woman who empowers her own and has her own self-identity. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we see what happens with Margaret in this episode, and oh, I'm not yeah. so head over heels about that uh, portrayal. Yeah. You know, when she's frantically calling Tokyo... And I understand that there's this part of Margaret's character where she, at this point, she still kind of needs a man. And she's a strong woman, but she's a strong woman who does need a man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think she gets over that at some point. Yeah, and after just, Donald cheats on her. Yeah, yeah, but she's still kind of... Right now, she needs a man. I don't quite understand it, but... She I does. understand it. She becomes her own person, but you have to become that. You have to realize your self-worth. 
Right now, her self worth is in who she is as a, as a, another person's a significant other. Significant other. Yeah. So but you know, she becomes her own person in her own right. Later. Yeah. Later. yeah. But you know, still though, like like I say, there was a lot of melodrama on. Margaret's but we're raised part. to be princesses, you know? Yeah. Every story we hear, every Disney episode, we're raised to be princesses, and yeah. you know what? We are only as good as the prince that we get. Mm. You know? Yeah. And Sometimes you have to be your own prince. Sometimes you have to be your own... Exactly. That's where Margaret gets to. But before that happens, at the end of this episode, um, she is just really overacting this I know dependency on uh Donald because um you know I she need to know where he is oh. yeah she's... come back in here Colonel get out of here Colonel yeah <laughs> like... can I please complete my call oh. in private get back in here <laughs> yeah so I mean we see this coat or this dependency of Margaret not only on Donald but then also on like Colonel, Colonel Potter and Radar and Radar and um so what we find out happened, um, Donald gave himself a hernia on the obstacle course training. And Colonel Potter said, six weeks. He'll be out at least six weeks. And then, oh, four weeks? But then he said it's a double hernia. So, eight weeks. <laughs> Donald, you must be more considerate. You're an engaged person. Which is back to that physical part. Yeah, she's not getting anything for eight weeks. <laughs> so, um, and then there was just a little, not even another plot, but a, a little thing where Klinger tries another way to get out, and it was, he tries to admit to being the Toledo Strangler. A serial killer. Who only kills female bicycle cops, <laughs> and always does it with a yellow scarf. scarf. And it's hilarious because Colonel Potter says, get out of my office or I'm going to call a female police, bicycle police officer. Yeah. So it doesn't work. And part of the reason, to be fair, uh, Klinger apparently didn't read the article that he took to Colonel Potter about the bicycle cop killer because it said the last murder was committed two weeks ago. You should read your sources before trying to use them like that. But... Um, anything else? But I love Klinger. He said, Colonel Potter, for crying out loud, can't you just accept one of my crazies? <laughs> like, do you always have to blow out all of my crazy? I don't expect all of them to work. <laughs> but at least one. Give yeah. me one. Yeah. I like that. Oh. We didn't see, um, a mom, um, Christopher, William Christopher at all. Father, no. um, Father McCahey. McCahey at all in these two oh, episodes. Well, we did in End Run. He acted as the ring, uh, bell ringer for the fight. Oh, well, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And Klinger was, okay. But I don't think we saw him in this one. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, guest stars recurring cast. We get Anne Sweeney as Carrie Donovan and an unaccredited appearance uh, by Jennifer Davis as Lieutenant Jennifer. The production code for this episode was U822. The writer was Gene Reynolds. The director was Gene Reynolds. And it originally aired February 2nd, 1977. So that's it for the episodes this week. Uh, 
let us know what you thought about these episodes. And let us know your opinion. Where, where is that line between <laughs> being faithful and unfaithful? Yeah. Give us, you know, I want to hear what your point of view is. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. We will uh, post the synopsis of our episode out there on Facebook. Comment on that. Let us know what you think. The other way you can get to our Facebook page is going to our website, narclaninc.com. Go to the podcast section, go to the Whiskey and Mash page, and right there is a link to our Facebook page. And also another link that you can click on to uh, start an email to us and let us know what you think that way. If we get emails, we'll certainly we'll read them on uh, the podcast. Right, you know, exactly. And, and let share. us know what you think. We'll share and... and Give me your credit where credit is due. Come yeah. On. In the meantime, uh, if this is your first episode or, you know, if you're a returning uh, listener, if you want to listen to any other episodes, if you want to get the raw MP3 files, they're available on that same podcast website, narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash. You can either download them off of the webpage or stream them from the page right there. Either way. Otherwise, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast application and search for Whiskey and Mash, and all of our episodes are out there as well. I think that's... That's it. That's so it. You have a great week. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. We'll see you next time. On Whiskey and Mash. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good episodes, but it does make you think where where is that line? Yeah, I just I think that would be hard to Especially be Especially since he he will not be able to himself. I know no, he's gonna end up telling Peg he has to. Mm-hmm. Even though it would hurt her, I think it would be better for him to just stay silent. Mm-hmm. He I'm, won't be able to. No, I'm sure he'll tell her eventually, eventually. but. It'll probably be decades. Right. <laughs> At some point, it will come out. And, and yeah, maybe when he's home, he can deal with it. At the very least, yeah. <laughs> the second, the second. Because he won't forget it. He's no. Not the type no, he's not. Just like Hawkeye never forgets the patience. Right. That's your department. That's my department. That's your department. That's my job for this week. There you go. Okay, have a good week. See you, everyone.